This episode of Armchair Explorer is brought to you by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. With seven drive modes, the Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys. And epic journeys is what we're all about. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to Armchair Explorer on location. Travel and adventure stories recorded in the field in the most immersive way possible, designed to give you a glimpse of what it feels like to be there for real. Are you ready? Let's go. This week, guys, we are going to Yolo, California. It's a special place where food and wine and everything comes together to create this gorgeous, beautiful, good life, the Californian good life. And I thought it's a great time to share that because it's Thanksgiving week for all my fellow American friends and for all my other friends back in the UK and elsewhere. Thanksgiving is the greatest holiday because you don't give anything. You're just grateful for everything you already have, especially your friends and family and loved ones. And that is what holidays should be about. And they should be about eating a lot of food, of course, and drinking wine, if you wish, which I do. So what we're going to do today is we're going to share a story of a trip that I did last year that I absolutely loved because it really taught me all about the slow food movement. And for those of you that don't know, the slow food movement is really all about reconnecting ourselves to the places where our food comes from and reminding ourselves of the community that should be around fresh food, that should be around the health of eating well, sitting around the table as a family, sharing a meal. And that's what this week is all about. And that's what this episode is all about. And I hope it inspires you and your family to enjoy that meal just a little bit more because there really is nothing finer than those moments you have together. And as always with the episodes that we record on location, they're big productions. They take a lot to get off the ground. So we work with destination partners there to make that happen. Thank you so much to Visit Yolo County, visityolo.com for making this one happen and helping to bring this really beautiful story to you. And if you want to find out more about what they do, you can listen into the episode and all the information is at the end there. And rest assured, that although they help with the funding, the storytelling is all ours. I love this story. I think you will too. Shh. Something special's happening. Can you hear it? It's in the almond blossom unfurling in the breeze, whispering through the sunflowers. You can catch it in the scent of fresh harvest and the pop of a cork, ruby red swirling in your glass. It's the essence of a special place, a place you probably don't know yet, but soon will. It's called Yolo County, California's wine secret and the epitome of farm-to-fork culture in America. Fresh, flavorful food, delicious wine, and a life spent in harmony with nature. 
Sounds pretty good, right? Well, you're in luck because that's exactly where we're going now. So raise a glass or two. No judgment here. Cheers. Welcome to Yolo County, California, where the food is farm to fork and the wine is vine to glass. This is the California good life. Slow down and savor every moment. Join me on a sensory journey through America's most delicious destination. the show. My name is Aaron Miller. I'm a travel writer and I have spent my life searching for undiscovered places that make your heart sing. That is what travel's all about for me. And when I stumbled upon this dreamy little corner of California, I knew that I'd found something really, really special. So that's why I decided to make this podcast all about it. But not just any old podcast. You're actually going to come with me on this journey. The episodes that follow are all recorded on location in surround sound. They're designed to immerse you completely in the environment and allow you to feel just a little bit of what it's like to be there for real. And let me tell you, it feels Great. We're going to eat, feast, fresh from organic farms, press grapes with our feet. Always wanted to do that, and it's a lot of fun. And then we're going to get a backstage glimpse into one of the most beautiful and delicious meals you'll ever eat. I really mean that. It's called Dinner on Main, and it's amazing and lots, lots more. But today, I want to give you a little taste of all of it. In fact, this episode is going to be structured just like a good meal. You'll start with an appetizer of slow food inspiration. We're going to move on to a main course of foodie tips from one of Yolo's top chefs. And we're going to drink plenty of wine with it too, shared with a leading viticulture expert. And then we're going to finish, of course, my favorite course of the day, a sweet treat of seasonal events and recipes. If your mouth isn't watering yet, trust me, it soon will be. But for now, I'm going to step aside and let one of the area's top foodies take the mic for the first course. YOLO is one of the world's premier destinations for slow food. And don't worry, that doesn't mean waiting for your dinner. It means savoring every single bite. And to introduce us to the idea is one of Slow Food YOLO's founding member. She's a cookbook author, a writer, a speaker, and an insanely good cook. Her name is Anne Evans. Yellow County is blessed with a Mediterranean climate and very, very good soils and excellent family farmers that have for generations farmed and stewarded their land. They're deeply rooted values in every community within Yellow County because every community has some connection to food and farming and land. And so slow food is a way of both reminiscing and yet bringing it into the present with a shinier sense of purpose because it's allowing those who aren't privileged enough to be stewards of the land to enter into that world even if only for four hours on one afternoon and through doing it without listening to a a sermon or reading a book they are 
experiencing those values and then they can take it home. A fellow named Carlo Petrini started the movement in opposition basically to what he saw as fast food coming into Italy and the values of fast food, eating on the go, not understanding where your food comes from, perhaps not valuing either the animals or the people involved in that food. And he came up with the opposite. So it's a restoration movement in many ways, really taking some time to enjoy food around a convivial table, perhaps some food that comes from some old family recipes you had, but really taking the time to honor and understand the role of food in your life, in the health and the life of really the planet for so many centuries. So I have friends who've been farming for generations here out of winters. Well, every year, yes, that extended family gets together. They slaughter up a hog. They make their German sausage and put up different cuts of the meat for the various families. People really are able to experience so many distinct types of production of food. You just drive and you'll be going by agricultural fields, you know, from the Clarksburg area right along the Sacramento River there with its early, earliest wineries in Yolo County, to West Sac with the Sacramento Port, the channel there where you can often see rowers, uh, you can go fishing with its many family farms up to the Cape Valley now again known for its wines, but also its olive groves. It's it's amazing intact agricultural system here, using farming practices that encourage healthy microorganism life in the soil, that use everything that the farm is producing so that there's, for example, there are plants that attract insects that are beneficial to keeping away other insects that you may not want. So it's taking that whole system into account, which requires an incredible amount of knowledge. This is knowledge passed down by centuries of farmers who have maybe worked that land. And so, you know, what the goal would be to have this unbroken system where a lot of the farmers at the market are also the farmers providing the meal for the school lunch and that what the kids might see being cooked at the school lunch might be similar to what their mom or dad or big brother cooks at home and so on. Being connected with your food reduces a sense of isolation that many people may feel. I think it has a component that enriches your life in every way. Well, that was a pretty satisfying way to start off our meal together. And if you haven't already got a sense for YOLO's abundance of fresh food and agriculture, just wait, because Anne is going to be back later in this episode with some of her favorite seasonal recipes. And let me tell you, there is no one better in the world at describing food than Anne Evans. It's so much fun to listen to her, but make sure you're hungry because you're going to want to eat after that, I promise you. But for now, it's time for our main course. And this one is all about the nitty gritty details of where to eat in Yolo County. And oh my gosh, do you have a choice for this? So we need a guide and our guide on this journey will be Chef Brad Secchi, a Yolo County native and esteemed award-winning chef and the man behind one of my favorite restaurants in Yolo, Frankette. 
we're going to do a little segment I like to call Slow Food Quick Questions. Okay, Brad, we're going to start with an easy one. What's your favorite spot for a locally sourced in-season meal? There's a restaurant in Davis called Seasons. And obviously that would indicate that they are cooking by the seasons. The chef there is really good about sourcing from Yellow County, you know, keeping the food pretty simple and just letting the produce speak for itself. And then you have the Buckhorn Steakhouse in Winters, which has been there forever. You can't help but just source if you have the farmer next door to you, you know, the best ingredients. So I definitely try to, you know, get out to those places a lot. But there's so much out there, right? Whether it's on the farms or at these olive oil tasting rooms that you can just get incredible fresh produce right out of the ground that you can just nosh on. And I moved all over the world and it just, it's not the same. And it was always funny to me to see when I was in Cleveland, boxes of carrots from Yolo County show up when I ordered my produce. And I was like, oh, I know that guy. (laughs) I recognize this carrot. Yeah, exactly. So that's always been fun and a real sense of pride. Yeah, no offense against Cleveland, but as far as foodies go, I feel like you have traded up back home to Yolo County. But beyond just the food itself, I always think the atmosphere is a huge part of the dining experience. And in a part of the state that is known for epic sunsets, I saw some incredible sunsets when I was out there. Beautiful outdoor spaces to enjoy them in. There are plenty of choices. But what are some of your favorite dining vistas in YOLO? Well, it's definitely going to have to be on a farm. I don't think that you can have even as good as some of the restaurants are in, in Yolo County, the ability to sit out in a pasture and watch the sunset in the Cape Bay Valley is pretty amazing. I've had the pleasure of cooking several times for a company called Outstanding in the Field, and they were hosted at Cape Bay Organics Farm in the Cape Bay Valley outside of Sparto. And to sit at one long table with 120 people and watch the sun go down after you've cooked like an open fire dinner is a pretty incredible experience. So it's definitely got to be out there. Happy hour at Frank Ed on the Sacramento River, you know, kind of with the opportunity to look west to see the sunset, but also hide in the shade in the summer is one of our more magical meal services there. But, you know, out at Berryessa at the brewery out there is a really incredible place to sit and enjoy, you know, the, the sun setting over Yolo County. And then, like, frankly, the, the casino, Cash Creek, is you know, you're out there in the middle of a Sparta. There's there is this big casino hotel there, but like you're in the Cape Valley, one of the most rich and abundant growing regions in all of the world, sitting there watching the sunset over, you know, countless organic farms and beautiful countryside. It's not a bad situation. Well, Frank gets your place and I have actually done sunset there and it is gorgeous. Beautiful view of the Sacramento skyline and really close to some other beautiful places to check out while you're there too. So we know where to go for seasonal produce and we know where to go for views. Now let's dive into some of the five taste buds and senses we have. Where's the best place, and this is super important, for a sweet treat in YOLO? Let's see, well, we have a couple of really fantastic producers of like local ice cream out here. You know, again, to kind of talk a little bit more about Savory Cafe, I just think that Juan does an incredible job with keeping things simple, right? It's just strawberries and cream, simple desserts that You know, that's the best part about living here is you don't have to do much, you know, just kind of pay homage to the produce that's growing around us. 
I love that. The fruit is so fresh and delicious. You can just make the fruit the star, put some strawberries on my plate, a little dashing of cream, and you're good to go. Okay, so we started with dessert, but we're working backwards now. Unless you start with dessert, which I actually do sometimes. Why not? There's no rules here. What are some of your favorite savory dishes and where should we go to find them? The team at Park Winters, I think, is doing a really good job of elevating fine dining in Yolo County. And I would say, like, again, at Seasons and the Buckhorn, Puda Creek Cafe does a really wonderful job of just making delicious food that kind of, you know, sings on its own. And at, again, at Savory Cafe, he does an incredible job really just showcasing that, like, deep, dark, roasted, homemade tomato paste braised on pork. And I think that, you know, we're seeing trends in the restaurant industry now that are that are seeping into Yellow County where, you know, you take this abundance of local produce that we have here and you add a global influence to it, right? Where you can combine ingredients that might have more Southeast Asian flavors or Pan-Pacific flavors or Native American flavors, right? But using the product at its best to kind of reinterpret it. Yeah, I really found that too when I was there actually as well, that it wasn't just kind of modern contemporary American cooking or anything like that. It was actually like restaurants and chefs from all over the world doing really, really interesting things. Speaking of which, let's go crazy. Sourness may not sound particularly appetizing, but if anyone can make it so, it would be you guys. How do you do sour in Yolo County? We have some really fantastic vinegar producers in Yolo County. We have the tribe that runs Cash Creek also has an olive oil company called Seca Hills. You know, they make a really incredible, like balsamic inspired aged vinegar that we put on a lot of stuff here. It's got a little bit more of a brightness to it, not quite as sugary and dense as a traditional balsamic. It's got a little more kind of red fruit flavors to it, but it's really incredible. And we have, like you said, every place that grows grapes, you know, any of that fruit is probably being sold also to the vinegar producers at places like Sparrow Lane or Seca Hills or a lot of local farms, Full Belly Farms I know makes some of their own vinegars and they're special. You know, there's small farmers that make honey producers that are making mead vinegars and really make some special ingredients. Brad, that was pretty impressive. I got to hand it to you. I thought I kind of threw you a bit of a curveball with that sour piece, but you totally knocked it out of the park. Olive oil, balsamic vinegar, there's lots of delicious tasting rooms and flavors to try out there. That definitely surprised me, so that's a really good answer. I gotta say, mate, by the way, you are a selfless promoter of your peers, but I'm going to insist that we big you up a little bit too. Tell us about your restaurants, because those are definitely gonna make the must-see list as well. Franquette is humble and understated. It's a, it's a very kind of feminine concept. It has these bright kind of whimsical notes to it. And it's just a really great place to spend the day. We oftentimes get a lot of our customers that come there for a coffee in the morning and a croissant and our walnut croissant comes from McNamara Farm. People come for those and then by lunch, they're eating a, you know, Leonese salad and having a glass of wine and then a tapi hour. So we find that people are locked in there, which is great. It's big, bold flavors. It's unapologetic. Nothing wrong with big, bold, unapologetic flavors. That's my kind of eating. All right. Why should food lovers choose YOLO for their next vacation? You can't find a better experience than eating a tomato or an apple or a plum or a peach or a 
corn straight out of the field in Yolo County. I mean, it just, it doesn't exist. When you can eat produce that is still fresh, hot, warm from the sun and coming from some of the richest soil in all of the world, there just isn't anything that compares. This episode of Armchair Explorer is presented by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. From muddy jungle paths and snowy trails to rolling sand dunes, the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder has the capability to take you to some of the most epic destinations on Earth. And Pathfinder, that's a pretty cool name, isn't it? Because that's also what this show is all about. Exploring, getting off trail, having adventures, finding your own path and living life to the fullest. Sound like you? Yep, sounds like me too. Which is why I'm so excited to partner with Nissan. The 2024 Nissan Pathfinder has seven drive modes, available intelligent 4x4. It's got the best towing capacity in its class, up to 6,000 pounds. So go ahead and bring all that gear with you and lots more. The 2024 Nissan Pathfinder, a vehicle built for adventures everywhere. So thanks again to Nissan for sponsoring this episode and for the reminder to chase bigger, better, more exciting adventures and enjoy the ride along the way. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Well, no dish is complete, at least for me, without a glass of wine to wash it down with. Which is lucky because Yolo County may be the farm-to-fork capital of America, but it's also the new must-see vine-to-glass capital too. Now there's California wine destinations I'm sure you know well. Napa, Sonoma, they're all great. But YOLO, which is actually just around the corner, is special. It's unlike any of those. It has a unique microclimate. It produces some of the best wine in the state. And all of that is a massive part of it. But even more importantly is the experience itself. It's still quiet. It's down to earth. There aren't those big crowds. Most vineyards are actually just family run. And oftentimes that will go back hundreds of years and multiple generations. And that just gives the whole experience a completely different flavor and a flavor personally that I absolutely love. So if you haven't already, pop that cork and let's move on to the wine tasting portion of our episode. Something I'm going to call glass half full because let me tell you for wine lovers like me this section is full of good news joining us today is one of the eminent experts in viticulture which is a word i'm not afraid to say i just learned it means the study of grape cultivation her name is megan bartlett she's a professor at uc davis in yolo and when she's not jaunting around the rainforest studying plant physiology she's helping yolo vineyards grow grapes in the most sustainable way possible 
Megan, welcome to the show. So excited to talk to you, find out about all your work. Talk wine, one of my favorite subjects. I feel like we should clink our virtual glasses right now. But let me start with a question because we've just heard from Ann Evans, who told us all about slow food and the slow food movement in Yolo County. Is there such a thing as slow wine? I would say that there's a lot of interest in wine in figuring out how to make your viticulture, your growing of the grapes and your winemaking truly reflect the characteristics of that place. And so that's the concept of terroir, that you want your wine to reflect the unique climate, unique soils of the season it was grown in and the history of how you produce wine in that area. And so I think wine of a lot of foods is one of the most naturally compatible with this idea of slow food because that idea of local expression is so important. And so sustainability has really been a very important topic in thinking about how we grow grapes and produce wine. And so, you know, we've talked about sustainability. There's a couple other words that are thrown around a lot in viticulture biodynamic and organic. What's the difference between those? How do they differ from sustainability and why are they important? Well, that's such a great question because sustainability can be a very kind of woolly, like difficult concept to rein in. What exactly are we talking about when we say we want to be sustainable? It can be hard to break down into specific goals. Like for example, do we want to be dry farming? Do we want to reduce our irrigation by 30%? How do we define a healthy soil? These concepts can be very easy to talk about in the abstract and can be very difficult to actually turn into something diagnosable in the vineyard. Organic is a really interesting part of sustainability where you're thinking about how can I really minimize the amount of inputs going into the vineyard. And so I'm minimizing pesticides and fungicides I'm bringing in and also trying to really enhance the health of that soil. For example, things like cover crops, mulching over the cover crops and composting that in and letting that be the source of nutrients for the vineyard is a really important concept in organic viticulture. Biodynamic is an interesting one where it's kind of a combination of organic and sort of a a kind of astrological mysticism. It's very focused on aligning your practices with kind of there's a very right time to do things. All of your inputs are supposed to come from the vineyard itself. For example, you have animals that create the compost. It seems to be a good system for getting to know your vines and your site very intimately. And that seems to create a good expression of flavor in the wines. So Yolo County is the farm to fork capital of America. You can taste that seasonal produce. You can taste that richness of flavor. But it's interesting that the same thing kind of works with wine too. So you're saying that the terroir can come from the actual way that you grow it. And if when we grow it in an organic or biodynamic way, that can actually enhance the flavor too. Anything you do and how you grow conventional, organic, biodynamic, whatever, that's going to come out in your terroir. Growers are constantly making decisions about how they manage the canopy and how much light is coming into the fruit. You know, what kind of nutrient availability or water availability are they giving to these vines? Do you want like a big productive vine or often for flavor, you want like a very stressed vine that's really going to kind of maximize the flavors in the fruit. All of those decisions are kind of coming out in the flavor of the wine. I don't always know the different ins and outs and details of the wine. I just love what I love. But for someone that's a wine enthusiast like me, rather than an expert like you, why should we come to Yolo County? What makes it special? One of the really special things about wine in this area is that Yolo County has a lot of 
climatic and soil diversity. We have about a dozen wineries within Yolo County, and those are divided between five viticultural areas, which is a very high diversity of viticultural areas. And so one of the consequences of having this diversity is that Yolo grows a, a really wide range of different varieties and some really interesting kind of Portuguese, Italian varieties that are maybe not so well known as kind of the, the big varieties from France. Chardonnay, Chenin Blanc, Petite Syrah, Petite Verdot, Albarino, Tariga Nacional, kind of people are playing with all of these varieties. It's a wonderful way to kind of learn about how the environment affects the taste of wine. Like how are you kind of tasting these different soil types, these different climatic conditions. Go seek out one of these kind of unusual reds, try it by itself, really experience that grape. A lot of them are gonna be these very like kind of big, juicy, bold flavors. You also get kind of a more low key, intimate experience by visiting wineries in Yolo County. And so it's great for that. Like it's wonderful to go have some really nice wine in a beautiful location kind of without all the crowds and all the rush. It really is a unique tasting experience. There's so many family-run places. You get to meet the winemakers. But a lot of the time, you can only buy that wine in Yolo County or in the local area. So if you want to try it, you got to go. There's no popping down your liquor store. You know, you have to go there to try it. And that's wonderful, too. I like to go out to Winters. Various Agap and Turkovich are both there. They have great tasting flights. And it's a great day trip to go out to Winters. You know, it's a very cute town to walk around. There's delicious food. There's music in the park a lot. And often they'll have music at the wineries on the weekends. That's a great trip. I love to go up like towards Gwinda and Berryessa and hike up there. So that kind of takes you right past the Cape Valley and Dunnigan Hills areas. And then we have areas that are actually very close to Davis. Like, for example, we have Great Bears literally five minutes from my house within Davis. Um, so, yes, lots of fantastic options in Yolo. Why is the values of slow wine and sustainable wine production important? Why should that matter to us? I think it connects us to the history of drinking wine, where it's always been this very local expression of a particular area. And so, you know, I think kind of slowing down and saying, like, how do we farm in a way that, or make wine in a way that really kind of expresses what's unique about this area and this year, kind of makes a connection between the place we're drinking the wine from and, and us in a way that could get lost if we're less deliberate or kind of more focused on producing sort of a, a more predictable kind of wine. That's, you know, there's something good about that where, you know, every time you get it, you know exactly what to expect. But on the other hand, you're kind of losing a little bit of that adventure and connection that you get from kind of really zooming in on that area. I love that idea that sipping wine connects you to a place in a deep way, right? Like, don't just go and see a place, taste it, sip it, you know, like use all your senses. Thank you so much, Megan. I appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks so much for having me. Now that we're sufficiently wine buzzed, it's time to make some room for dessert. And today's house special is YOLO by the seasons. We're going to share some of the best things to eat, see, and do in YOLO for every season. And I've brought in some of YOLO's most renowned food-obsessed residents, Linda Hennigan and Amina Harris, 
Both of them are heavily involved in their communities. Linda runs the renowned Dinner on Main, which you'll hear about later, and was for me one of the highlights of my trip. And Amina runs the California Honey Festival and is a co-owner of The Hive, a honey and mead tasting room and event space, which is equally awesome. I loved that place too. Both of them have lived in the area for many years, so they know it well, and they've got some great advice to help you plan your trip. But we're going to do this segment a little bit differently. You've heard of Battle of the Bands. Well, this is Battle of the YOLO Seasons. Which time of year will win? Let's find out with YOLO by the Seasons. Maybe because it's winter right now, or maybe because one of the towns in Yolo County is named Winters, but we're going to start here. And while you might have assumed that Yolo is a summertime spot, you'd be wrong because actually there's a ton going on in winter too. The Yolo Causeway is the Great Pacific Flyway of America, and there's birds going back and forth, particularly throughout the winter. It is truly astonishing when, if you're a true birder, you go down there and you see tundra swans and it's just gorgeous. But the other thing I love to do in winter, being an outdoorsy person, is I love walking through the Arboretum, but not the Arboretum proper on campus at UC Davis. I like to go out to the area where Pewter Creek is, it's a riparian preserve, and on the way out, all the goats and sheep and cows from the university are in pens all along the way. And when our kids were little, that was our favorite bike route. So we would bike out there all year round. And so walking along the creek and seeing at this time of year, there's a salmon run going on. There's trout and there's all kinds of wildlife within the area. In the wintertime, I tend to be the wildlife person. That's a great suggestion. So Linda, what about you? Do you have any special favorites for winter? Well, mine, of course, are parades. So I have a fabulous one that's coming up in a couple of days. It's the in winter as they do the tractor parade and it's lit up. It is amazing. It's Christmas time. And so you've got Santa, I think, short of the Rose Bowl parade. We're up there as far as it's a great parade. I love that you're putting Santa to work when he comes in the holiday season as well. You know, you're like, you know, get off that sleigh and onto a tractor. Exactly, (laughs) exactly. There you have it. Parades versus the outdoors. Both sound pretty great to me. And of course, you don't have to choose. You could be watching birds at dawn and cheering on Santa on a tractor at dusk. No worries. Winter in YOLO will surprise you. But next up is a really special time of year for any agricultural community. It may be my favorite season of all. It could only be spring in Yolo County. Spring is just my season. It starts getting warm and everything is starting to bloom. I love, you know, the tomatoes being planted and they've been set for all winter long. And now you're gonna see the big transplanters coming in and you know that this is the beginning again. I think the flowers, are part of that too. The trees are all now budding out and then we have the almond festival, which is in Esparto and there's kind of a hopefulness about it for me. One of the things I like about springtime here is when you're on your way towards winters or towards Berryessa, you're going to the foothills and the hills are just covered in this drift of pink and white almond blossoms. And it's almost like there was a snowfall. It is just simply this beautiful, beautiful experience of spring. For me as a honey person, spring also means that 
The bees are getting moved into the almonds in the beginning of the season. Just to give an idea, there are 500,000 beehives in California year-round. And during the almond season, there could be as many as two and a half million. So it seemed like a natural spot to host what we're calling the California Honey Festival, but in fact is very much an entire Western states event. You're stopping in little booths and either tasting honey, learning about bees, maybe learning about pollinator plants, listening to a lecture, watching people making products with honey from Nugget. All kinds of different things are happening. There's music, but 40,000 people come to Woodland on one day and people really enjoy it. So one of the things that we have at the festival is a beer and wine garden, let us say, because mead is classified as wine, even though mead is the world's oldest alcoholic beverage. It's actually also the only alcoholic beverage where you're fermenting honey. And so we have different meaderies present at the um, beer and wine garden. Sitting outside and drinking mead while surrounded by almond blossoms and live music. This is a pretty compelling case for spring, but we have two more seasons to go before we pick a winner. Let's see if summer can beat that. We're right in the middle of harvest in the summertime. Everything is coming out right about now. Now it's, you know, tomato season. And so you'll see the trucks are all, you know, heading down the road and some of them are spilling off to the sides. And the ones that they don't get, people are jumping out in the fields and taking them home and making their own salsa. That's really nice. There's one thing I want to try. This activity of like picking your own flower bouquet, which I believe summer is a great time for that. Have you guys done that? It sounds really, really amazing. That's in Zamora. So Mr. Marks does that. It's something that he set aside. I think it's about, I'm guessing about maybe 10 acres and he plants zinnias every year. And so the idea is you come and you pick your zinnias and then the second bouquet you take to someone who's not able to get out. And so it's just a, it's a lovely, lovely thing that Mr. Marks has been doing for oh my goodness. I'm, I'm probably, yeah, I'm probably, you know, just guessing or maybe 15 years he's been doing this. Another place you can pick flowers is out of Park Winters, but that's a paid event with luncheon, I think. It's a sort of cool kind of thing, and I'm not exactly sure what their garden looks like, but I think that I have to try both of those. (laughs) Visit Yolo has a great program where people are able to come and take their photos in front of sunflowers in a way that we're not jeopardizing the growers that have the sunflowers. But you're coming off the freeway and you look out over a field of sunflowers, just yellow, and it's just so, so promising. And you mentioned something, it was another outdoor wildlife experience earlier on that I really want to experience that happens in summer. So talk to me about the bats. It is one of the funnest, and I'm going to use the word funnest things to do because it's such a surprise. The first time I saw it, I was actually driving home from Sacramento. It was a summer evening at about nine o'clock. The sun was just going down. And all of a sudden, all I did was see the bats fly out from under the causeway in this cloud. And I kind of just, I looked at it and I said, what is that? And then I realized it was all these bats. Every summer, the Yolo Basin Foundation does tours in the evenings that include a bat talk, a walk, and you actually watch all the bats leave from under the causeway. What you do is you drive over the berm and down into the basin and you just sort of wait and slowly but surely you'll hear this sound and then along it, the whole side of it 
side underneath the causeway there and then they fly out of one section and it's literally hundreds it must be 50 to 100,000 bats at once and they come up into the sky and it's like this cloud coming up and then it just disperses and you're kind of saying wait a minute a second ago it was like looking at a dense dark rain cloud and now I can't see a one of them because they're all off and nibbling you know, they're busy eating one mosquito after another. And then when you're all done with group number one, about five minutes later, group number two comes down. <laughs> and this is not a joke. I mean, it's they come in two phalanxes. The second one comes out and the same thing happens all over again. It is magical. Okay, that might be the winner. I'm not going to lie to you. I thought spring had it. Winter was surprisingly compelling. But how can you beat hand-picked zinnias and magical clouds of bats at dusk? But then again, in a place so attuned to agriculture, full harvest season might just have something even better in store. The farmer's market, especially in Davis, it's absolutely like being in the middle of a cornucopia. (laughs) There's almost no other way to describe it. The amount of food, the colors of food, the flowers, the nuts, the berries, everything is tumultuous. Probably the most single outstanding ongoing event in town. You can go every single Wednesday or Friday to buy produce, meet the farmers, and really get an authentic experience. There's even fisher people who catch in-season fish in the Bay Area and come to the market. It's just, it's a great place to do that. And then I have the Village Feast, which is a dinner that's put together by Davis Farm to School and Les Dames Sacramento. And it's a great farm to fork dinner. So you're outside usually, and it's really uh, neat being out in the evening or afternoon in a beautiful country setting is just lovely and fabulous. And then we move on to the dinner on Maine like a month later. And Dinner on Main is yet another beautiful farm-to-fork experience where diners enjoy a locally harvested, chef-prepared meal along a communal dinner table set out on Main Street Woodland and covered with fresh flowers. It's unlike anything I'd ever experienced before. We have a whole episode pretty much about Dinner on Main where you can actually come with me to experience, you know, the entire evening. So definitely go and check that out. It's an absolute highlight. I do want to mention our dinners in the garden that we did last year because of COVID. We couldn't do, you know, the big 600, 700 dinner last year. So we broke them up. And so restaurants, we had eight different restaurants and they did the dinner for 60 in the garden. They're way more intimate and hearing the chefs describe why they chose the courses, uh, going into the fields and being able to choose, you know, from what's growing, you know, and it changes your experience with food. Wow. Fall, right? I told you, harvest season, it's pretty hard to beat. That's when I visited and I loved it. But to be honest with you, I'm going to take the easy way out. I don't think I can declare one ultimate winner. It's too hard. You're going to have to make your mind up for yourself or even better, try them all. After all, it's a different dish in every season. 
Speaking of which, we're going to finish our meal with an extra special digestif from the one and only Anne Evans. She's the author of the Davis Farmer's Market Cookbook, and here's some of her favorite seasonal recipes. Get ready for some seriously tummy-rumbling, delicious descriptions of food. So go on, top up your glass, and close your eyes, because you're about to be transported to dining heaven. Winter is a season of citrus here, some deep, dark, leafy greens. The citrus can be used, you know, in a salad, can certainly make some marmalade. Citrus is really good with pork, chicken, you know, so many of the meats, ham, in some sort of way of a sauce. In winter for a dessert, I love to serve a fruit plate, but it's not going to be fresh fruit. In this case, it's going to be what we have. So we have dried apricots from the summer and dried figs. Maybe you dried persimmons. You just have a fresh crop of walnuts from the fall and pistachios now increasing around here as well as almonds. So that would be delicious and some fresh honeycomb. And then maybe you might finish that with a little digestif and after dinner liqueur that you made yourself by taking just say a quince and putting it in some vodka and making a simple syrup. And then that's a little bit of a quince flavored vodka that you have for just finishing the meal. So there you have it. What are we eating in spring in Yolo County? That's the season of new growth. So you're gonna have artichokes and fresh little French breakfast radishes little new turnips, leeks, steamed leeks, so the beautiful white going into the almost chartreuse and then the darker green leek, and they're laid out on a platter like that, cut, and then over it is these little diced hard-boiled eggs, so yellow and white in horizontally striped going over the, the leeks, and then a little bit of chopped dark black olive, so it's beautifully presented, and then with a French mustard vinaigrette over it. So that is spring for you on a platter. We have fava beans. So you could have a little fresh spread over some crackers or a bread of a fava bean. It's like a hummus, but instead of with a garbanzo bean, it's made with a fresh pale green fava. And of course on your table, you're gonna have maybe some fresh blossoms and oh my goodness, we'll have to have a pie for that closing, right? I would say a cherry is one of the first stone fruits that comes out. So perhaps a lovely cherry pie. Summer in Yolo County. That's the final cycle really of the plant growth. So you're going to be eating a lot of stone fruits, right? The peaches, the apricots, and you're going to have a lot of melons, eggplant, cucumber, apples, pears, figs, corn. Summer's a real time of great bounty. And we move into basil, which can be a wonderful green in your sandwich. And also in your salad, we have chard that grows here all year long. So we enjoy that a lot. Uh, what would summer be without the prolific zucchini in Yolo County? And I have a couple recipes for that in the book, uh, Zucchini Gratin, that's just delicious. It makes you want to have all your neighbor's excess zucchini. Uh, and then, of course, we must never forget to mention the revered tomato in Yolo County. Let's not forget that the tomato can be used in a tart. So whereas we think of a fruit tart in the summer, we can easily just make a crust, 
not putting any sugar in it, just the salt and maybe a little fresh rosemary chopped finely and some thyme, maybe even a little Parmesan if you want. And you roll that out and then you layer your tomatoes, right? Just slice tomatoes, you just layer them. Maybe you'd like to put a little goat cheese or something on top, sprinkle a few herbs, bake it. And then you have this amazing lunch or starter for your supper of, of a tomato tart. And then so we, we love to honor that. In the fall, we have so many fruit once again. We're finishing with the pears, but we have these bright orange afuyu and haichia persimmon that I mentioned. And we have bright red, garnet red pomegranates that are coming out. The chartreuse colored quince, they say that its aroma is that of an apple pie baking in a floral shop. And so we have that quince. We have, of course, all the dark leafy greens and even the broccoli, the collard greens, the kale, which is really nice, just hand massaged with salt and olive oil and garlic and then some avocado in it for a salad. But we have fresh crop walnuts. They're moist, they're delicious. Of course, the almonds. And I think fall, every season is a nice time to put up something. But in fall, I love to make chutneys that you can can and use a fig chutney, uh, an apple chutney, or to say even an apple sauce. So we can take that fall into the winter with us as well. There are foods that are just so colorful and delicious in Yolo County. So we hope you'll come bird walk with us and eat with us and celebrate the season with us. Well, we've come to the end of this episode, but there's lots more to explore in person in surround sound with me it's the ultimate wine lover food lover road trip i had an amazing time and i know you're gonna love it too so come with me join me on a sensory journey through america's most delicious destination farm to fork vine to glass slow down and savor every moment can you hear that yeah that's yolo california food wine nature the good life information on Yolo County, go to visityolo.com where you can find all sorts of great stuff on planning a visit, finding a place to stay and choosing where to eat. Though let's be honest, you already have so many options from today. Fresh strawberries and cream, anyone? Yes, please. So thanks guys. We'll see you soon. Cheers. This episode was produced by Armchair Productions, the audio experts for the travel industry. Written and produced by Aaron Miller and Jenny Allison. Edited by Charles Tyree and Jason Patton. Thank you to Terry Selk and all the folks at Yolo Tourism for their help in making all this possible. Thanks for listening to this Armchair Explorer on location episode. I had a ton of fun making it. I hope you had a ton of fun coming along with me. Next week, we'll be back with our usual format and then there'll be lots more on location stuff to come. 